Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Pick a Flick. Uh, I'm Paul Field uh, from those other movie podcasts. Absolutely uh, delighted tonight to be let loose on the show with my good pal, uh, a man who has science baffled, an avid gamer who works in IT that has both a wife and a child, Mr. Andrew Brooker. Evening, Andy. Evening, mate. Hey, oh, how was that for an intro? It was all right till you said Andy. Oh, that's all right, Brooker. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I feel like I'm on blockbusters now. We're all good. <laughs> Tonight, we're doing Korean cinema, and we're going to be focusing in on Park Chan-wook's Vengeance trilogy. Um, excited? Yeah, yeah. Any excuse to watch them again. Mate, it's been great be watching those films, and, and, and I know you've dipped into a few others as well. Um, oh. How did you kind of first get introduced to Korean cinema? Uh, a, a mate of mine, uh, back when the wife was at uni, uh, we spent like evenings sitting in her uni digs just chatting shit and chatting films. And he said, you know, just watch this this film, Old Boy. And I think you'll really like it, mainly because I just, I came across as liking really hyper-violent movies. So you'll really like this, Brooker, have a look at that. And yeah, fell in love with it. Absolutely adored it. And it's the same for me. It was It started with Old Boy... And then I was like, whoa, it just completely blew me away. I hadn't seen anything like it before. And naturally, I wanted to know more. Who, who, who made this? What's going on? Is there anything else like this? And it then began, you know, this mad love affair for me for, you know, I was completely obsessed with them for, for quite a few years. And, you know, ended up at the London Korean Film Festival and stuff like this. And it was, it was, uh, it's been a really, really, uh, good experience getting involved with all this stuff shall we move on to our first film do we know who's recommended this first one so so we've had the the trilogy has been nominated by malfrey's movie madness uh, at malfrey's movies on twitter and he's nominated all three films so. oh okay cool 
So he would be responsible for the first two we're talking about today. You know, I've got to do my bit now when we start talking about them, don't you? It's yeah. time to pick a flick. So, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. 2002, South Korean film, Park Chan-wook. And it follows Ryo, who's basically trying to get enough money together to pay for his sister's kidney transplant. And that leads to a trail of just catastrophic vengeance that just catapults and dominoes out of all control. I'm going to go in and say this is my favourite of the three. And also... I think this is a comedy. What do you reckon, you reckon? Rucker? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, to be uh, maybe old boy aside, although old boy, maybe they're very, they're very darkly funny. All three of them are really darkly funny. Uh, this one definitely is, though. I would say, you know, the the blackest of black comedy. It is. I mean, even Rose hair straight away they make him look like a clown. Yeah, they do. But what I love is the way they deal with because he's deaf. There's literally or barely any score. I don't know if you noticed. I did notice, yeah. Yeah, and and I'm I'm assuming that's because the lead is he can't hear. They kind of bring that into to the viewer by not having any any score at all. I mean, let, let's rewind a little bit. I mean, the the, the story itself is just the, just a catastrophic chain of events which lead to kind of so many people wanting revenge by way of this domino effect. Yeah, it's kind of like a a, uh, a pulp fiction of all these stories rolling in together to the end, isn't it? It's, you know, what one thing leads to three others and now, now there's, you know, four people wanting to kill everybody else. It's, it's, absolutely, it's nuts. It, I'll be honest, it took me two, maybe three watches before I understood what the fuck was going on when I watched this film. It is quite convoluted and especially not being in English and as with all Korean films it has a lot of very very Korean cultural references often to do with money and honor and the way and the way the way things are done and they for western audiences they don't make any sense at all you just kind of have to go with it this is a beautiful thing about the genre, though, wouldn't it? They're not made for us. No, they really aren't. They are not pandering to us in any way, shape, or form. And for a, for a Westerner coming in, and these are, you know, I guess even for Koreans, these are not the most accessible of films. Park Chan Wook is is not, you know, he ain't making bloody kindergarten cop here. These are, you have to work at them. You have to work out what's going on. You have to piece them together. Uh, they're very clever, very intelligent, but being massively culturally different and not in English, they are very challenging films at times. Oh, absolutely. And like I say, it, it took a couple of watches to, to get my head around it. And when, when you sit in, you could, you find yourself, or maybe, maybe it was just me, but I found myself when I was watching it the first time, just going, I've got no fuck. I haven't taken my eyes off the TV. Nope. You know, barely blinking. And I still don't know what the fuck is going on. Well, you've got, so Ryu, Tries to give his sister a kidney. He's not a match. He yep. then works his bollocks off doing all those shifts in the, in the foundry to get the money together to pay for it in case they do find a match. Then bizarrely sees a sticker on a toilet wall offering organs for sale. Doesn't have quite enough money. So he 
agrees to to give them his kidney and all his money in exchange for a kidney from them. Obviously, they stitch him up and he wakes up naked with his kidney missing and all his money gone. Then, to make matters worse, a donor is found, but he no longer has the money. Yeah, that's where we're at so far? Yep. He then gets laid off from his job. Him and his girlfriend, which is uh, uh, Duna Bay, who is brilliant in this, you have to say, she's amazing. Oh, yeah, she is great. They decide to kidnap his boss's kid. His sister finds out that they've done this and kills herself. He then tries to bury the sister, and while he's doing that, a handicapped person throws a rock at the kid who drowns. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine pitching this film? <laughs> trying to get money for this, you'd, like, you'd get laughed out of the room, you, wouldn't you? Absolutely, and it just it just goes on from there. I mean, you know, we don't we're not here to. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen it already. If you haven't, you know, we won't go too much more into in, into the plot. But you've got a pretty good idea. So here's the thing, right? The thing with with Mister Vent and the bit I still don't quite understand. When you first see Ryu's boss. Mm-hmm. You've got the dude that stops him in the road and just hacks away at his stomach. Yep. Yep. Why? Because he's been laid off too. And it's just, he's trying to, it's just to set up who that guy is, that he's in charge of the factory, and that being laid off from your job in Korea is a massive thing. Because they go to their flat, don't they? And they've all killed themselves because they've got no money. It pretty much makes my point about about Park and his films. The dude's... A nutter. You didn't. You don't need to do that to make that point. You know, and just a dude just hacking away. Oh, it's just. It was like proper vom. Grim, isn't it? Oh, I mean, the the violence in this is. I'd actually forgotten just how violent it was. Do you, Do you remember what my pet hate is in films? The thing I cannot bear to watch. No. People's Achilles. Oh yeah. Oh. And and this is the probably hold on the... a minute. See, I I've seen what you, well, I, I reckon you call your favourite Korean revenge movie. I watched that the other day, Which and I that? had to fucking turn away from that. How the hell? <laughs> How do you sit through that? Which one was which one? What... I sat and watched. I saw the devil the other day. Oh, sorry. I thought you said yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that again. The Achilles. Yeah. Oh, that, that's. Grim, grim. Yeah, but this one. is this is a double. He does them both. Yeah, and he and it went because of where he does them. The, the amount of blood that comes out is just horrific. Just, I just, I really, I, I just. Oof. What uh, going back to this? What did you think of um, Song Kang Ho? Because it, it's, I found it slightly jarring because he was, he almost felt too young to be do to be in that role. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think. It, I, I think he does it all right, but yeah, he's very young. He doesn't doesn't seem quite doesn't seem to quite fit the part right. Doesn't do a bad job though, not in the slightest. Oh no, no, no! I mean, we I often talk about this in in career films, and 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 the word tonal shifts comes up because <laughs> well, at yeah. one point they were literally, you know, I was like laughing in the aisle, and then a minute because you know that that the guy with the arm going with. A, and then a minute later you've got a bloody dead kid and a family suicide yeah and it, this must be the only country that can do, 
that can deliver that, where you can be literally laughing your tits off, and within 30 seconds you've got a load of dead kids. Because nothing says fun time, good times like dead kids. It, it doesn't, and I've got here in my notes that there is no exposition in this, there's no explaining anything, there's no, no. spoon feeding, you really, really have to, have to work at it. But this is, you know, this is what I mean, right? You know, when I asked why the guy hacks away at his own stomach in front of this dude, there's no explanation for any of it. There's no, you know, okay, you've lost your job. Fucking hell, guys. You know. But is it not to do with honour? I mean, is is, is it not like like Japan? It absolutely is. But what I mean is, like, for for us, you know, as as Westerners watching this film... Yeah, you post some dog shit to the letterbox. Same as you do, same as we both do whenever we've left a job, Andrew. And then head down the job centre. Yeah, that's what you do. Sign on. Absolutely. This, but this is kind of what I mean. And and I think you know maybe what you're getting at as well. There's no, there's no kind of, there's no explanation as to why. You know, you have to, you have to figure it out for yourself that absolutely they they feel dishonoured because they've lost their jobs, and and because we're not pandered to, like you say, and it's just. It's so, so, so grim with absolutely no explanation for any of it. The most, one of the most haunting bits is when, when the girl drowns and you see Rose's face. It just, it just, it just looks absolutely mortified. And he, can al- he already sees what's coming, what the ramifications of that are. Yeah, and I, I just, he was really, I can't know his name actually. To be fair, I can't even remember. He's, he's so good. The, uh... the guy with the blue hair, Ryu. Was that Harkian Shin? Yeah, I don't... Wait, we We should... Should we apologise in advance because we're going to yeah. murder all the names tonight? <laughs> yeah. Quite yeah, literally. We're, and it, we're, we're not good at this, guys. Because the other thing that annoys me is I never know with Korean names because they're always different depending on which website you look on. Like IMDB has them what looks like last name first yeah. and then others have them first name last. Yeah. So is it is it Bong Joon-ho? Or, and some of us have like... I, I, mate, I, I have no idea. I think this is an, it's an Eastern thing, though, isn't it? Because uh, I think the first guy I remember seeing that on was Chow Yun Fat. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's the same thing. Doesn't matter what, depending on what website you read, his name's completely different. Uh, it says Chow Yun Fat on the box. That's his fucking name. I've got a few highlights here that I know that you would have liked. When he confronts the guys who nicked his kidney. <laughs> fucking hell's <laughs> bells. Yeah. Just, oof. I I forgot that when I watched that bit when I watched the film recently I forgot that that happened. I was yeah, like, Jesus Christ! It must be. It is, it is of the three. It probably the most brutal. I think most visceral and in your face. Because I I again I, most of the violence for some reason I'd forgotten about. And, and then when he when he confronts Duna Bay when he gets the car battery out, oh. She's she's in a proper state, and then you think, well, yeah. at least he's 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 not gonna he's not gonna go again. Yeah, he, he goes again, and that's like fucking hell. Yeah. Especially because you know, she's so slight as well, and to see you know yeah. little kind of slight woman being absolutely <laughs> brutalized is, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a, a new level. It of is, but I, I'm, I, what I don't get is how how did I manage to forget just how nasty it was. Like I said, I mean, I've done it as well, and I do it every time I watch that film. Okay, it's not, you know, it's not like a sick day film. I go yeah, to every true. time I, I watch that film. But it's, you know, I watch it a couple of times a year, maybe, because I just, I like the trilogy, and I find them now quite easy to watch. But every time I forget, 
just how violent that was. What did you think about, you know, when, when he's torturing her and she kind of says, you better let me go because if you don't, I work for a terrorist organisation they're going to come and kill you. I laugh I, my ass off. And again, I, I always bloody forget that that's really significant and not just her being desperate. And it pretty gets me every time yeah. when they all appear at the end yeah. and you're like, I can stop laughing. The thing is, I every time she says it, I laugh my ass off because the only thing you've seen her do yeah. is her <laughs> <out> leaflets. <laughs> like some she fucking is. charity she mugger on the exactly like that. And, but that's like, it's like they've got this amazing gag and they set it up throughout the whole film. Because she's so like her her kind of campaigning is so pathetic, <laughs> and yet the whole time, um, but they you know she her and uh, Song Kang Ho, this well, how long ago are we talking here? So you got fourteen years. They they've both gone on and done yeah. really strong work. Yeah, absolutely. They're, well, these were good films. Uh, I mean, because like for for the stars for Park. Everybody, you know, everybody knew these people once this trilogy I was think, done. I think I don't. They? I'm not sure. I think once Old Boy broke, and people went back. I think then it was more a case of of they kind of um, got that recognition. I doubt. Mm, yeah. I don't think when this came out back in 2002. Well, we can we can yeah. we can see so uh, Old Boy, uh, worldwide box office a couple of million dollars opening weekend in the states. It made nine grand. In three wow. three theaters in the states, its total um, North American box office in the end was forty five grand. So, it no, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It did. It no. did shit. Imagine, though, you know, you could show this trilogy in limited cinemas now. Oh, absolutely! It times it's just amount. without any shadow of a doubt. You know, well, you and me would be outside the box office. Yeah, day one, I mean, we? not seeing this stuff at the, the, the cinema, you know, irks me and. You know, going to the Korean film festival and stuff is is probably the, one of the only ways you'll ever get to see any of this stuff because they quite often have a retrospective. Yep. Shall we uh, do the next one? Well, it's time to pick a flick. So, old boy. 2003, Park Chan-wook again. This is the second instalment in the Vengeance trilogy, even though they're not, you know, they're just all about revenge rather than a, a trilogy in its own right. It was the theme, wasn't it? It was the, the very similar themes that they weren't actually made. This trilogy, follows the story of Odaisu, who yep. ends up lo- being locked in a hotel room for 15 years, doesn't know who's done it, doesn't know why it's been done. He's then released... And he's kind of trapped in this, this web, uh, this conspiracy. And then he goes on, on a quest for vengeance, which gets tied in with a, a, rom- a romance. He falls in love with a, with a, with a young uh, sushi chef. This was a hit. This won the main prize at Cannes in 2004. Quentin Tarantino loves it. It's, fucking, you know, it's got massive scores on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb. Roger Ebert loves it. CNN voted it one of the best films of all time. Had a fucking shitty remake. I have not I started it and then just just binned it off. I mean, I I love this so much. I recently uh, I was in a there's a new soundtrack shop opened in Margate um, called Transmission Records, and all they do is like cult soundtracks. 
And I saw this on vinyl in there. It's literally just been released. And it's called mm-hmm. part of a series called Nicholas Winding Refin Presents, where he picks his. Wow. Yeah, he picks his. He's picked like half a dozen films that he loves that have never had their soundtracks released on record. And uh, this is one of them, and it is really, really good. And I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was made up. Right. I mean, it is a, it is a great soundtrack. And actually, you say that, you know, you love him or hate him, and I hate half of his films. Mm-hmm. Winding Refn is absolutely taking all of his hints from uh, Park Chan-wook and this film. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm guessing, as we touched upon earlier, this was kind of the gateway for both of us, really, to... Um, yeah. To, to start watching Korean movies. Do you remember when you when you saw this? Or So it would have been, what are we now, 2016? So it, it couldn't have been much after release. So it must have been 2004, back in 2003, 2004. Choi Min-sik, I mean, he don't do a lot, you know. He doesn't. He really no. doesn't do that many, many films, but he is fucking absolutely brilliant as Oi Di-su uh, in this. I just, the hair... Everything, I just, I love him. And the way he looks, because he looks really young. And then by yeah. the end of the film, I don't know how they've done it, but he looks really old, and it, that ain't, I don't know, cause it's not like they've got like really good effects or anything back then. No, but, but they have done a really good job. Um, it always throws me as well. Have you have you seen his picture on the IMDb page? Not recently. He he looks, his, uh, his main picture, he looks like a Nintendo executive. Oh, really? He does, he looks. <laughs> It looks like a Nintendo executive giving a speech on Mario on the Wii. He'd... Oh, he does! I don't know where the... Oh, my God! <laughs> He's got this red tie and the braces and everything. Yep. Wow, because he does not look like old boy, does he? No, he doesn't. And it throws me every time. Because, again, you know, you watch old boy and you go, oh, where else has that dude been in? You know, obviously I know him from other stuff. And you look him up and go, that's not him. I've clearly got the wrong fucking guy. But yeah, he just that—that that is the most bizarre IMDb picture I've seen in quite a while. I mean, again, let's, let's kind of try and make sense of what's happening here because he, again, it's not easy, is it? So he's—he's no. he's kind of a pisshead womanizer. He gets arrested for being drunk, and I love that bit in the police station where he just gets more and more out of control, and you can see all the other prisoners coming and going, and he's still there being more and more fucking obnoxious. <laughs> it, and then his, his mate bowls up to, to rescue him he still manages to flip the police officer he's going out the door goes, makes a phone call it, his mate takes the phone to speak to uh, I think it's his wife turns around, gone and then he spends the next 15 years locked up in a room without a fucking scooby doo why? he just has no idea and the, the bit I love is all the times he tries to kill himself, and you just see this just being dragged out of this room by his feet with a trail of blood behind him. Is all the different implements he uses to slash his wrists open. Yeah, oh, and and they, and they don't clean up after it either. <laughs> do they? Just as the years go on, it's just old blood everywhere. Oh. <laughs> it looks like a slaughterhouse with a bed in it. Yeah, pretty much. It is clever though that they they leave him a TV, so he kind of you can almost see history turning over through you know through his eyes on, in in the television set. It's actually I think it's a really good uh, it's a really good way of showing us as mm. well the time going on, you know because you know what would usually you'd have it just you know 
15 years later and then he's been left out or and then you have flashbacks or something but this you get to see him getting a bit older you see you know all the important things and diana's death yeah. in history <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say that you know I, you, you get to see all the big parts of history go through so you get you kind of sit and watch the time go by with him it's been really cleverly done sorry for people who don't know we're um we we both got a couple of bottles of uh, Korean uh, soju, uh, or soju, I think it's pronounced, because I keep saying soju. I did say that when I went to collect it as well, and the woman looked at me really funny. Yeah. Was that one? Uh, that was so <laughs> funny. I was ring, like, ringing up a place in Milton Keynes. Have you got any soju for my mate Brooker? <laughs> 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 which is, it's a Korean grain alcohol, which is... Yeah. If you've ever seen a Korean film... It's the little green bottles that you... I don't think I've ever seen a film where they haven't drunk it, have you? No. no it, it's complete. You know, it's, it's even more culturally ingrained than, like, Brits having a pint of beer, I think. Because it is literally in every film you see that stuff come out. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's very thick. You're being very polite. Like, Do you um, not like it? No, it's all right. I, it's not as strong as you I thought, don't... is it? Mm. No, but what it's got, it's got that... That burn that most spirits have that I can't fucking stand. Oh, really? It's not it's only like twenty percent. Yeah, it's not. It's not an alcoholic burn. It's just the taste of it. It's all right. I've definitely drunk worse. Believe me. So anyway, so Daisu, he's fifteen years banged up in this room. They, you know, they they, they gas him when they want to knock him out. They take stuff from him in terms of hair, blood, fingerprints, and and then let him see that he's murdered his wife on the news. By, leave, by yeah. planting all the evidence they've nicked off him. And he tries to tunnel out, which is even funnier, with a bloody chopstick. And, <laughs> and he's like, year 10, I'll be out within, you know, by year 13. And then all, all he's doing is like moving one brick at a time and he manages just to get his hand outside. And then pretty much that's it. And then they open the door. <laughs> and he's, he's, when he... But to, well, I say open the door. They, he he wakes up in a suitcase, doesn't he? On on the, on a where well, you yeah. think he's in the middle of a field, and it's actually the roof of a building that's just overgrown. It's a roof garden, yeah. isn't it? And you've got the the guy there who's trying to jump off. But I love that scene because it speaks volumes about him. Because the the guy's about to commit suicide, and he he says, "Let me tell you my story." And he sits down. And he tells him what's happened, and the the guy who's going to jump off the roof is like, "Crikey." Mm. let me tell you my story and then he just walks off (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that bit and and inevitably as he gets down the stairs crash the other guy jumps off the roof (laughs) but then he he he, you know he finds it he's got a nice suit a nice watch he's got some money in his his pocket and he, he tries to go about finding out why you know he's been locked up for 15 years it's just for you when, until you get to the bit where they explain it, this is where it gets really confusing, isn't it? Do you think? Well, it, it just kind of, it's this just mash of shit, isn't it? Just everything going on at once and there's, there's no explanation for any of it. And yeah, again, like same with same with the previous film, you stare at it and go, the fuck is going on here? There's a really iconic bit where he goes into the restaurant where, where he meets... Um, forgotten her name but he, he meets her for the first time and he eats the live squid yeah Ooh, and i've 
that is, yeah, that's we were, stomach We were churning. talking about it in the office earlier, and they were in, yeah, but doesn't really eat a live squid. I'm like, yeah, it really does. <laughs> and I showed them the clip on YouTube. To be fair, I saw the, I saw the, it was the behind the scenes bit. And as they cut away, he's gobbing out all this bloody squid into a bucket. Well, wouldn't you as oh, well? Oh, mate, it's absolutely brutal. But it is a real thing. It's yeah. not just, it wasn't just for this. It's something that, you know, it, the, the Koreans actually, actually do. So they, she ends up taking him home. After he, he he meets her in this restaurant again, quite confusing. You then have the whole bit about his daughter being adopted by a Swedish couple, and he tries to get hold of her. Then he then he decides to go on this mad quest with the with the dumplings to find out which restaurant they came from, so he can track people down. It does not get easy to follow at this stage. No, not at all. And you really have to stick with it and just kind of let stuff that you don't understand wash over you because it will be explained much later on. Although even when they do explain it, it is a bit of a cop-out, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit. But still, when you get that, when you get that twist in that final hour and a half, you know, when you could... And I'm one of them assholes. I always see twists coming. I was like... Holy fuck! Really? Let's let <laughs> let's not get to the twist yet. Let let's no, no, let's, no, of course not. let's talk about when he he does he does the dumpling detective work where he eats <laughs> these fucking dumplings at every restaurant until he finds the one that delivered his dinner for the last fifteen years because he recognises the taste and the texture and they put too many scallions in them. And then he follows the delivery driver back there, and then we have one of the most iconic scenes probably in cinema. The hammer and the hallway fight. Oh, it's such a great scene as well, isn't it? It's just... And I've seen the remake, the scene in the Uh remake of that, and it's fucking ghastly. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it completely misses the point, you know. And, I mean, I don't know if you you get the same idea as me. Well, the point of this, and most of these films, is that you can't get hold of handguns in Korea. Well, I'm guessing that because I've always said that, that every, you know, all these Korean films with the two and a half hour runtime would be brought down to 45 minutes with the introduction of a firearm. Yeah. So you can't get them in Korea. So the point is that you have to be a bit fucking creative. But the problem is when you then set your remake in America, mm-hmm. there's no point to that scene at all because it's a dude with a gun. Abs- just pointless. Absolute rubbish. It's, it takes one of the most iconic scenes, like you say, one of the most iconic scenes in cinema, and boils it down to just a five-minute wank fest. It's just shit. I, I just love the bit when it, 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 it's over, and the elevator doors open, and then there's a load more geezers there, and he's still, he's still got a knife sticking out of his back, and he's completely <laughs> fucked. And you're like, oh no, this can't go on. And then the, it just opens again, and they're all on, on a heap in, on, the, on the floor. He looks absolutely fucked. Oh, he, he? He, he he really really does. It's just so, it is so much fun that bit. Going forward, because you, again you've got now you go through a lot of convoluted stuff when he kind of does meet the guy who's sort of been teasing him and you get a hint of what potentially he may have done to offend him because um, he still he really struggles at the whole thing to work out who the fuck have I upset how you know what is it 
and it does kind of come out of nowhere when you do find out who it is and what it is he's actually done and it's literally at the start what seems just gossip really he's kind yep. of you know made up a story about someone and told tales and it's upset them and, and it's led to somebody killing themselves and he says oh but you hypnotized me you, you you've made me forget all this and he's like no i didn't you just forgot because you didn't care <laughs> and it's true because he didn't care because you know Troy Min Six character is a bit of a dick in this oh he is yeah. he's a he's a, he's a he's, he's really hard to root for him at times because he is an absolute swat well, I tell you what I didn't really uh, get or, or found to make it even more complicated the the thing with the button to blow the other guy's heart up or whatever it just comes out of nowhere yeah, doesn't it it's just, I, I, I was like what? Completely out of left field with absolutely are we, are no Are we watching Crank now? I mean, what, what, where's this? <laughs> to be honest, that really didn't need to... Do you know what I mean? I think it took it, it made it more complicated than it ever needed to be. Yeah. And the payoff for that is pointless. Well, there isn't one really, is there? Much like the, the, the previous film, there's a lot of violent stuff in here. But it doesn't feel out of place. It feels, you know... Even the teeth stuff, where he pulls out his teeth and oh, and it looks and sounds very, very real. It looks really painful. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you feel the pain when when they're going through it as well. But no, you're right. You know, there's they're very, very violent, but none of it feels gratuitous. No, it absolutely. If it, it, you know, it feels like it should be there, which is even more worrying. Certainly not a country I plan on emigrating to. If that's the. Uh... Um, finish up on old boy by just talking about the, the the transfer and i have to say lack of a decent one to blu-ray yeah because we had, we briefly spoke about this the other day, yeah. didn't we? and the the steelbook version is okay but considering it's it's the korean or the south korean film that got everybody watching mm-hmm. you'd expect a bit more care and attention to be brought to it. Yeah, I mean, the the original, I think it was Tartan Video release, is just yeah. awful. So if you're going to buy this, well, it doesn't really matter whether you watch it online, you buy it, whatever, but probably the, the, the steelbook is probably the best of the bunch. But if you see the, the kind of vanilla Blu-ray Tartan one for a few quid, it's a few quid for a reason. Yeah, this is very true. It's a, it's a very poor transfer. And you know, I've 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 sung their praises a lot in the last you know recent couple of years. Arrow Video really need to get their hands on this and fix it. Arrow do a great job fixing all these old Eastern films. Well, if you look at, I mean, the cinematography in all of Park Chan Wook's film is fucking amazing, absolutely. absolutely amazing. So you cannot, you know, whoever filmed this did this with with a lot of care and attention, and somewhere is a. a absolutely pristine original print that somebody needs to do a proper transfer on. Yep, I don't absolutely. care about the artwork on the box. I care about the film no. I'm seeing on the screen. No, I, I agree, you know, 100%. Like, like I say, I mean, uh, have you seen the, the new audition restoration? I haven't, no. Mate, that looks oh, really? gorgeous. Ooh. It's only a 2K restoration, but it looks gorgeous. Because we, we have a 4K set as well, so any of that grain is amplified even more so on our TV. Yeah, yeah I can't imagine how bad it must look for you, because I, I watch it on just a 2K TV, and it's fucking awful. It looks, some of it just looks horrible. 
we've got one more film in the trilogy to do. We do. With, with an extra person to thank. Oh, go on. Well. Thank the person. So, uh, Kevin Wright at What the We Call Mon Drink. Weak Lemon Drink. We Call Mon Drink. Nice. We Call Mon Drink. Hello, We Call Mon Shall Drink. Shall I do the intro? It's time to pick a flick. Lady Vengeance, or Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, uh, 2005 now, the, the last instalment in Park Chan-wook's Vengeance uh, trilogy. It, this features uh, Lee Jung-ya, uh, a woman who's released from prison. She's sentenced for a murder she didn't commit, and the film well, pretty much tells the story of her revenge against the real murderer. Now this is a. If you thought the others were complicated, this is really complicated. It, do, oh do yeah, you, this this is insane levels of convolution. This one, it's. I still don't think I understand what's going on in this film. Oh, mate, I'm with you. I've I really struggle with this, and but I often say on this podcast that's probably because I'm a bit thick. But in this instance, it's probably no. still that I'm a bit thick. Funny, funny enough, my partner Catherine, she actually just she said this is it, it is like um, Alice in Wonderland. It's this this really not real. Do you okay. know? Because the stuff that happens in this cannot happen in real life. No, it's I I, well, I, I don't know how do you describe it. It's so strange. It's almost like one long two-hour acid trip. Yeah, isn't it? You know. You know, American psycho levels of oh, it was just a dream. It could be. I mean, even from 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 the start when you see her going into prison and stuff, she's there for a little while, and then almost you know pretty much in far into the film when she's let out, and you've got the guy who's been courting her waiting outside with all the people in Santa suits and stuff, and it's just like <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? Well, it is. Although that, I started, although that could happen, that wouldn't happen. Do you see what I mean? And, and that kind of follows through the whole film. Could it happen? Yes. Would it happen? No. But you you, you really have to um, almost switch off and just go with it. Because this is your favourite of the three. No? It's not my favourite of the three. It's it's the one I prefer over Mr. Vengeance. Okay. Old Boy, still by a long shot, is my favourite one. It, probably well, half because it was the first one I came to. It's the one I enjoy watching over and over again the most. This one I like. Uh, it's like you say, it's much more convoluted than than Mr. Vengeance. I, but it, and I know it makes me sound like that guy, but I like the fact that that Parks put a female lead in his film, and she's doing that. You know, she's proper kickass in this. She is. She's a complete badass, and I don't. And if I'm wrong, I like apologise to every Korean ever. But it just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that a, a woman would do or be allowed to do in that country. Do you know what I mean? It, it, not that I think that they're all kind of, you know, they're beaten into corners and shit, but I, you know, they, they all come across as wafy little things in all these films. And in this, she's not. She's a complete fucking badass. And I really like that. Shall we, shall we try and explain what happens in this? So she is sentenced to 13 years in prison for um, kidnapping and murdering a schoolboy. 
which she didn't do. But the guy who did do it ha- was holding her child hostage and said, I'll kill your kid if you don't confess to the crime. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. She then goes to prison and then spends her whole time there plotting revenge by befriending people. I mean, the bit with the with the fat lesbian is so funny where she's getting the like the girls to 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 sort of chow down on her. Is that the phrase? That is chow down's a good phrase. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the, the the bit where they're in the bathhouse and she leaves the soap out and she comes out and gives her a little wink and stuff when she falls over and kills and yes. smashes her head open. Fast forward to her then getting out of prison. This is stuff I didn't understand. So she goes to see the family and cuts off her finger. Yep. Again, this is a bit. Yes. Why did she need to do that? Because then it... this is one of those Eastern things. I wouldn't know. I I kind of I always assumed. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This was like a Japanese mm-hmm. thing. Because it's, you know, you've probably come across it as well. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a Japanese and uh, what's their mafia? The Yakuza. Yakuza, thank you very much. It's yeah, it's definitely a Yakuza kind of thing. But to be honest, it's also one of the things that's so iconic as that, that when she does it, you know exactly why she's done it. It just felt weird that then they had to do the whole film with her with her finger sticking at an angle with a bandage around it. <laughs> it, it didn't it, add anything to the story, but for, no. for filming and logistics, it must have been an absolute ball ache. Yeah. And then she goes and sort of hooks up with all the other prisoners that she's helped in one way or another. So they, they, they keep flashing back to the prison. This is how she helped this woman. This is how she helped this woman. And then she calls in favours. So it might be food, might be somebody to stay. The one with the weapon, she gets yep. the guy to make that weird gun thing. Yep. Does that hark back to what you said earlier, that it's so difficult to get a gun? Yeah, I think it does. I think it... it uh... You have to go kind of the black market potato gun route. Oh, okay. I think I I don't know much about the law in Korea. It's, it's just something I picked up reading stuff. I think about the trilogy, and it just happened to come up in someone's thesis or something. You know, it 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 certainly from what I've read, it, it would certainly uh, it would match because there's no real weapon.
any of these films. Certainly no firearms in many no, of these. No, very films. rare you see a gun. Yeah, and that that they tend to be with the uh, like special investigator coppers. Not even the normal police, I don't think, have them over there. So I do think it harks back to that. Yeah. So she then gets a job in a bakery. Do you remember this bit? Yeah. Yeah. Another really confusing bit. Exactly. Then you flash back to her being at school, and then she gets. She starts shagging anyone and everyone. Did she rings that guy? She's at, I think she's at an aquarium or something. She rings the guy to say, you know, I'm 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 pregnant. You told me I look sexy. Can you give me a place to stay? Can you help me? You don't remember any of this, do you? <laughs> I, I'm sitting there going, I remember the phone yeah, call. I, I don't remember an aquarium. <laughs> honestly, mate, it is really really confusing. Um, and and I at this point I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Well, it's like, I think what it's like, it's like watching Memento in a different language. Yeah, because if that wasn't confusing enough, it then gets to the bit where she goes to Australia to yep. go and collect her kid from yep. these very these two confused Australian people who she gets absolutely rat-assed rat and then yep. disappears with their daughter, who's her daughter who's been adopted. But again, it's so far out of the realm of reality that... It, it does make me question the whole film, and I really, I, I do, I really struggle with this film. I'm not going to lie. I think what I like about it, though, is it doesn't mainly because I don't know what the fuck is going on. I've got no clue as to what I'm watching, and I really like the idea that, again, like we said a couple of times, it's not pandering to to an audience. More importantly, it's not making it. It's not a film made for the lowest common denominator it's it's not it's meant it's this is a film made this is an art house film made for koreans <laughs> yeah and you know some of my favorite films are like the three hour long films where nothing fucking happens you know i, I really like films that i don't ne- i don't need to understand it and it's okay that i don't understand it because i still enjoy my time with the film yeah oh no I, I don't get me wrong i do enjoy it but it's just the more you more times you see it I'm probably on my fourth or fifth viewing now over the years, and the more you start to question your sanity of why you're... Oh, no, I do. I absolutely... I'm with you 100%. I'm almost certain this is some kind of trippy, like I say, American psycho, oh, it was all a dream, really, thing. Because it's so, so out there. You know, beyond everything that, that Park's done before this one, it's so completely balls-to-the-wall nuts. Yeah. Before we get to the kind of the payoff and where this is all heading, to make it even more arty, the film fades to black and white as you watch it. And I've read that not only does it do this, the character, like the cast, so she's wearing, I think it's a blue leather jacket at the start. They actually change her, they they change her leather jacket to a black one during. So this was very deliberate and thought about in, you know, in ridiculous detail it wasn't just turning the camera from color to black and white this the the way they filmed it and what people were wearing reflected how this kind of fade from from really strong vibrant colors at the beginning to complete black and white at the end i mean this is proper art house oh absolutely i think that kind of that goes back to the bit you were saying right now within you know 15 minutes of the film starting you've got santas outside the the prison mm-hmm. show, show me a more colorful group of people you could have to to be a complete polar opposite to what happens at the end of the film yeah you know it 
for no other reason can I think of that would there be a handful of Santa Clauses outside of Korea. And, and of course, you know, the villain of the piece, Choi Min-sik, as the pedo-murderer bloody teacher, when they get to that deserted schoolhouse at the end... I just, it's just brutal. The way they, when they start putting on the plastic max and she explains to them, she's, you know, we, we've caught this guy, your kid's missing. We're going to show you a, a video of who did it and what he did to them because, you know, the, the guy's kept tapes and they've, she's got him tied up in the other room. She's shot him through the feet. He's not going anywhere. And then she invites all of the family members to either phone the police or see him off themselves. Yeah, come in and have a poke on your own. Oh. Yeah. And inevitably, they all decide to have a poke on their own. But even that scene, right, it goes on for a long time. They have a huge discussion about the moral dilemmas. If anyone you know, doesn't get involved, are they going to tell the police? We, they, they kind of come up with this convoluted system that everyone's incriminated by doing what they're going to do. Then they all sort of take them. Are we going to take it in turns? Are we all going to go in together? It's it's, it's really tense and really dramatic. But it's, remove I mean, yourself and, from it, and they're talking about what that conversation is fucking ridiculous. Oh, it is. It's completely fucking nonsensical, isn't it? But for a film that you have to read to understand what's going on, it's really fucking edgy a seat when you let yourself get into it. You know, and that, I mean that's a special thing to do all on its own. Absolutely. And then inevitably they do go in there and they just, you know, take it in terms of sticking a fucking knife in him, basically. Yeah. And you can see the ones that have not gone in first, looking like antsy that, that he might already, you know, they want to get in there quickly in case he's already <laughs> gone. <laughs> oh, absolutely brutal. So, touching upon, you know, the three films as a whole, do you want, do you want to rank them one to one to three? Yeah. Go on. So, old boy number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, it it literally it falls into an old favourite. I I easily call it one of the top five or ten films ever for me. Uh, then Lady Vengeance. Again, not because it's not pandering. It's not you know it's not a lowest common denominator film. I've got no fucking idea what went on in the entire thing. I've watched it several times, but I still love it. And then Mr. Vengeance, but it's, that's not to say Mr. Vengeance is a bad film in the slightest. It's just of the three, it's the one I prefer the least. I would never ever call it a bad film. Yeah, I mean, I'm mine. It's is in order they were made um, for me, Mister Vengeance, because I, I love all the tonal shifts in Korean films, and none more so exemplifies that than Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, because it's ridiculous. It's it's a comedy. It's a caper. There's dead kids. There's laughs. There's violence. Um, Old Boy Second. And Lady Vengeance Third, just because it's so dense and so difficult to fully grasp everything that's going on there. It, just, it feels like it needs two or three films all on its own just to explain what's going on in that film. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much happening in such a small space of time. There are three kind of big Korean directors uh, that people, you know, may know. You've got Bong Joon Ho. Kim Ji-woon and Park Chan-wook. And then all three of them, you know, very recently made Hollywood films. And I was really, really excited, as I guess you were, to see, well, all three of them. And I know you've seen all three of them. Yeah. Um, Bong Joon-ho delivered Snowpiercer. 
Kim Ji Woon delivered up the last stand, and then Park Chan Wook made Stoker. I mean, what what did you think of their kind of graduation to Hollywood? Well, Snowpiercer had that. It felt like a career movie, didn't it? Yeah. When you watched it, it and that was probably my favourite of the three, but the smallest jump for the three directors. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it felt it, like a Korean film, and, yeah. and and you had, you know, Song Kang Ho was 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 in there as well. So, oh yeah, of course he was. Yeah, uh, the other two, well, the Last Stand. To be honest, when I went to see the Last Stand, I had no idea who made it until after I came out and looked it up. Ah, oh, okay. It, actually, I don't know if you remember this, mate. But this is when you and me started talking about. Yes, yeah, so well, I I remember going to see it at the cinema, and there being like one other person in there. So I was able to sit at the front and have my feet up on the stage. Yeah. And I just thought, I can't believe this. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, in a UK cinema, I'm watching a Korean director working with, with Arnie and Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> and I fucking loved it. I really did. I had so much fun with it. But knowing, I think, that it, it was Korean stuff and, and who had made it, made it more enjoyable still. Yeah, so I mean, watching it back now, now I know who made it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, Stoker's still a weird one for me. I don't, you know, I liked it. It was all right, but it just, no, nah, it took a couple of watches for me to, for it to really resonate with me. I didn't, I didn't love it first time around. It just felt like Park wanting to be Park. It was just so bizarre. Well, it was and, written by the guy from Prison Bait, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, Wentworth Miller, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Which he, was even fucking weirder than... I know, and he had a paddy recently, film. didn't he? Because people called him out for carrying a bit of timber... And then, you know, he went down the, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, it's like, and, then, and you had this huge backlash online that, you know, you can't make fun of anyone who ever. What? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. God, dear. <laughs> but you'll be pleased to know, or, well, depending on, on your point of view, that all three of the guys are now back in Korea uh, and they've all got projects that are not far away. Park Chan-wook has made a film called The Handmaiden. Uh, and oh, it's yeah. his first Korean language film since 2009, which was, whoa, that's thirst. Big budget, and it's a British historic lesbian crime novel. Of course it is. Of course it is. Because why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, it's based on a book, I think, which is called Fingersmith. Okay. And, you know, if I was a lesbian, I would like my partner to be one of those. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's a... Korean, Japanese, erotic thriller, blah, blah, blah. Apparently it's going to be at Cannes. I've not seen anything about that yet, but that's happening at the moment. So we'll wait and see, but I'm sure it's going to be well received. Kim Ji-Woon has done a film called Secret Agent. Who? Okay. Um, this has actually been financed, though, by Warner Brothers. And it's the first Korean film that Hollywood studio have, have, have put money into overseas. Um, and they gave him, they've given him $8 million. Not an awful lot. No, but I think for Korean films, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's a contribution. I guess that's not the whole budget, but yeah. we'll see. Actually saying that, Song Kang-ho, he's he's in that as well, so that could be quite good. Bong Joon-ho, and he's doing a thing called Okja. Um, that the Netflix one? Yeah, Netflix. So you've got some money in there from Brad Pitt's Plan B. You've got Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano, Bill Nye, and Kelly MacDonald. Now that is a cast. Yeah. But it's a Korean film, so I'm really I'm don't know how that's going to work. Do you think it's going to be a bit like Snowpiercer, where you've got kind of a you know an international cast with some Korean language and some Korean people in it as well? 
Yeah, probably. I, I would say it'd probably be closer to Snowpiercer, if it's, especially if it's co-financed by an American company. Almost certainly, it will be more English language than Korean. Yeah, with that cast, it has to be because I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't speak Korean. Well, you know, he's a pretty decent actor. He might give it a go and try and learn some. At the end of the day, it's a script. You just read off what's on the script, don't you? Of those three, which are you most excited about? Probably Okja. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm probably going to go for Secret Agent, just because so- I love Song Kang-ho. And, you know, if this if this turns into a bit of a caper, yeah. then then I, I'm, I'm all over that. But to be fair, these three guys... These are probably my three favourite directors working today, and it's so weird that they all come from you know from, from Korea. There ain't many directors out there who get me that. I mean, you've got it would have been Kevin Smith would have been on that list, but well, we've both seen the Yoga Hoses trailer, which is oh, just you know the guys well, just we, lost the both, plot. We've both seen fucking Tusk, haven't we? That's <laughs> exactly, and and maybe Tarantino. Would be on my, you know, that that list as well. He's 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 still doing good work, but I'd put him in the same category as these guys. I really would. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm probably less excited for Tarantino movies nowadays. He doesn't make bad films, but his last couple for me have been a bit underwhelming, uh, and certainly not to the quality of these guys. Not for me, anyway. No, absolutely not. That brings us to the end of the Vengeance Trilogy. We've got some uh, suggestions here from people on Twitter um, of their kind of favourite Korean films. Should I give them a whiz here, Brooker? Yeah, yeah, go for it, because what did we do? You you asked for people's favourites. and Yeah, I'll, I'll go through people's favourites. Then you've got a poll that was run on, on yes. people's favourite of the Vengeance Trilogy. I've got uh, R3Fresh on Twitter, who's gone for The Brotherhood of War, which I love. Have you seen that? I've not seen that one. Do no. you like Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. It's basically, it's yes, it... Korean version. It's very similar. Proper. Well, it's really cool, because what I don't like about Saving Private Ryan is Tom Hanks, I'm assuming. He's not in that, no. No. That's all right. I might go um, watch. Somebody's gone for uh, Warren B. He's gone for Old Boy. Who knew? Somebody would pick Old Boy asking for their favourite Korean film. Uh, Steve Fisher, he's gone for Thirst. Love it. I love that. that. It's such a bizarre film, isn't oh, it? Oh, that scene in the hospital. But, but it's the same thing, though, isn't it? It's the same weird tonal shift. Yeah. The fucking sex scene in that film, I was crying with laughter at that. It's just absolutely greasy. It's it, it, oh, oh, we won't get into that now, but it is very, very strange, and it f- kind of flaps all over the place. But it is really, really good. Uh, he also went for R Point. I don't know that one. That's um, I think it's Park Chan first film with Song Kang Ho. Okay. Um, Two Sisters from Chris Waters. He's also gone with the Yellow Sea, Mother, and the Good, the Bad, and the Weird. Oh, no, Good, the Bad, and the Weird's a good one. Mm-hmm. I really like that. That's uh, Ong Joon-ho, isn't yep. it? Yep. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that one. That was a bizarre one for me. Yeah, I, I, we may touch upon that in a little while. James, uh, second suitor on Twitter, he's gone for I Saw the Devil and an absolute stone-cold classic. Well, I don't know if you've seen this one, but it's called Attack the Gas Station. No, I don't know Attack the Gas Station. Oh, again, mate, yeah. 
definitely yeah. recommend that. What do you think happens in Attack the Gas Station? It's a gas station gets attacked. Correct. It sounds like it sounds like it should be assault on precinct thirteen, but shit. yeah, it's you know, <laughs> this is one of the, again we on one of the other podcasts today we touched upon. There are a very small number of films that have very very niche and very specific titles which say exactly what they do. Wolf Cop was one. Dead hooker in a trunk is another, and attack the gas station is definitely a third. (laughs) (laughs) So if you like those two, you're going to love attack the gas station. Oh yeah, that one goes on the list then, because I do love the other two. Cool. We're going to end the show with some poll results from from, uh, listeners, and me and Brooker are going to count down our top five Korean films. Brooker, what what, what have you got for us? Right, so a couple of hours before we started recording... Someone, I assume it was Tony, I was not given the control of the Pick a Flick Twitter account. So Tony has put out a poll asking uh, the best, or asking people to vote on their best, their favourite of the Korean Vengeance trilogy. And we have 15 votes, so overwhelmingly 60%, which is like nine people, uh, have voted for Old Boy as their number one, with 27% voting for Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. And 13%, a lowly two people, maybe, two or three, have uh, voted for Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Which is, I mean, it's not particularly surprising. Old, you know, Old Boy is the film everybody knows. It's the gateway drug to Korean cinema. Well, it really is. And, and you know, a lot of this you know, goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, it took me years after watching Old Boy to watch the other two films. You know, I know so many people that know Old Boy and have seen Old Boy. I had no idea that there were two other films that were thematically the same, you know, that have come out because they're not an actual trilogy. It's not like Old Boy is part two, is it? No, it does. It's, there's no indication that that um, you know that, that you're you're watching the middle of a trilogy. Yeah, you, you really kind of have to know. Yeah, it's it's not like when you're not missing out on anything by only watching Old Boy, except for you know a couple of really great films. But you're not missing anything story-wise, are you, by not, not seeing the others? No. We have both put together a, a top five list. I've genuinely, we have no, I've no idea what's on each other's lists. So, Brooker, what's your number five? So, my list is probably really obvious. And, you know, when, especially compared to some of the names that have come from your Twitter poll earlier. So, my number five is The Host. Excellent. I fucking love the host, and it's one of the earlier Korean films I saw. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't, I had no idea who the guy that made it was. I just, I think it happened to be on ITV or some shit one Saturday night. Oh, really? Just, yeah, I just, and we're talking years ago. I mean, it's quite. Was it two thousand six? I think. Yeah, so we're talking quite a few years back now. I don't think it's been on the telly since. <laughs> uh, not surprising because it's pretty much as close as we'll ever get to real life technical porn i just adore it an absolutely great film and, and again really funny when it really shouldn't be yeah and we've two people in that who we've spoken about you know many times this evening song kang ho and uh, yeah. duna bay yeah. they do they seem to find really good projects to work on they really do they uh, and that that film like i say top five easily you know, 
and I struggled with this list as well because when you when you start looking when you extend out from just Korean vengeance and just go Korean film, fuck me, I've there are loads and I've I've clearly I've not seen as many as you, but I've seen a fair few and to narrow it down to five was tough. Bong Joon Ho though again the director, which yep. leads beautifully into my number five, which is another Bong Joon Ho movie, which is Mother. Um, which I've not seen Mother. No, I have seen Mother. I have, sorry, I have seen Mother. I really enjoyed. Yeah, that I mean, it's it's a really simple premise that, that a woman with a, a well, can we say retarded? What's what are we allowed to say now? I don't know. Anyway, he's retarded. Are, are you men- mentally handicapable? Yes, I don't he's know. special, and he's <laughs> he's framed um, for a girl's horrific murder, and you've got classic Korean Keystone cops. They fit him up. His mother's not having it, and she goes on this kind of um, quest to to find out who who did do it. And again, you, all the tonal shifts. There's loads of laughs. It's really dark. Um, I, I, I think Kim Hyjar, her name is the woman who plays his, his his mother in the leading role. Absolutely amazing. Uh, it really, really one of my. Favorite. And this was really hard to do a pop top five. Um, but if you haven't seen mother absolutely yeah track that down go on what's your four brooker my number four nice quick and easy lady vengeance nice well we've covered that at length we've covered that plenty now i don't think we need to talk anymore about that um my number four is the good the bad and the weird have you seen this i have it's the only i think korean western i've ever watched (laughs) that's fair enough (laughs) Again, you know, it's the same directors again and again. Kim Ji Woon, and this is um, Song Kang Ho rocks up in this, but also uh, uh, his first mention of not, I think, for Lee Byung Hung, who yeah. who does a lot of Hollywood stuff now, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. GI Joe. What else has he done? He was he was in I Saw the Devil, wasn't yep. he? So yeah, he he, there ain't many Korean actors who, who've kind of... Was it Fast and the Furious? Was he in a Fast and the Furious? Oh, Just Terminator. He was in, he was in Terminator. Yeah. He's, got, he's in the new... He's in the Magnificent Seven remake as well. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't realise that. I mean, if, yeah, again, it's, it is a Korean Western comedy caper. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And, it is... I mean, I've watched this with my, with my lad. It's one of the only Korean films that... I managed to get him to a watch, but B absolutely loves it. It's just these two wallies chasing after after a map in the nineteen forties, <laughs> and, and and the ridiculous kind of lengths and stuff they do to each other to try and possess this. And it is so much fun. I really, really love it, and it is just so funny. Three, what you got? Uh, so you'll probably hate me for putting this one so low on my list. But I've got I Saw the Devil at number three. And I've got I Saw the Devil at number three. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Another Kim Ji Woon film. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think because I put this list together like yesterday mm-hmm. and I, I struggled to justify putting it this low after I'd only just watched it because I watched it yesterday, Sunday. Yeah, I saw you and... tweet you were watching it. Man, I love that film. Oh. Just you know, it's but it's one of those. You know, it's not like uh, not like the Vengeance films where you know it's two hours and something, 
and you've got no fucking idea what's going on, it's it's all action. Well, not all action, but it's all go all the time, and it's just so so horrible and so so good. I riveted the entire way through, and that must be my third or fourth watch of that film, and I still I'm glued to the screen. Yeah, it's really it's completely accessible to everyone and anyone. This one, so people who like oh, don't like subtitles, no, this it really doesn't matter. We um, went to the uh, UK premiere of this at the London Korean Film Festival um, and had front row seats. Unfortunately, we had so much soju, I ended up pissing in a broom cupboard in the Odeon Leicester Square because I was absolutely. Fucking shit face, mate. I was absolutely trolled. <laughs> I was completely... So you found the cleaner's cupboard? Yeah, I couldn't find the toilet, the so I went in the cleaner's cupboard and started pissing in there. <laughs> it was... The, the, the thing about the Korean Film Festival is it's all kind of um, backed by the Korean government. Yeah. And you, your ticket to get in is like a tenner. <clears> and we'd, we'd been out for a few drinks beforehand... We get to the cinema, your ticket doesn't just get you into the cinema, it gets you into the reception for the premiere, which was free booze and free food. And, mate, (laughs) I properly got stuck in for my tenner. (laughs) I was absolutely obliterated. Um, It doesn't speak a word of English, bless him. He had a translator on the the stage. But, um, yeah, really good. You know, as an event, for the money they want, it has changed a little bit recently. There's a, a lot. There's quite a lot of K-pop stuff going on. It's a little bit harder to get tickets, but um, yeah, I've been since since you first mentioned it to me a couple of years ago. Actually, I, I do keep my eye on it, and nothing seems to appear. All the stuff that appears on the uh, the list, I tend tend to sell out lightning fast. Yeah, and yeah, like you say, a lot of K-pop stuff, a lot of stuff that I don't want to travel down to London no. for. But, I mean, sorry, we've digressed. The, the film itself, though, Choi Min-sik being hunted down by Lee Byung-hung for for revenge purposes, catching him, letting him go. Yeah. Catching him again, letting him go. <laughs> As a premise, it's they've taken the, the, the kind of revenge genre and just turned the dial up to 11, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. They, they've taken this... They've taken like the stuff you get with Parks films, and uh, where there's four or five people all chasing after different people. They ju- they have that, but with the same two people the entire time. So one guy gets his revenge over and over and over again. It's so so brutal, and and I mean the whole film. Like, like I say, I was watching it. I was <laughs> trying to you know iron my work shirts and couldn't because I just couldn't take my eyes off the fucking screen. And Choi Min Sik, man, fucking hell, that dude, that dude is hardcore in this film. He's just so, so good. The taxi scene. Yeah. Every time it gets me, because it's a proper knife scene, isn't it? That that knife work in that is just incredible. And they've got this, and it does kind of, even though it's quite a recent film, it very much, it it shows the... uh, the level of violence that they go to in these films, like when he twats the chick with the pipe in the car, oh, just that donk, donk. You know, fucking hell. I love <laughs> that. I just love everything. I love the opening with all the snow and that look when he puts a little light on in his cab. Oh, it's just amazing. The cinematography, the story, the action, the violence. It's an Didn't incredible you jump film. Out of your chair the first time you watched yeah. it. 
Absolutely. When when she turns the lights on in the car and he's at the fucking yep. window, I shatter brick. <laughs> and it's so weird tonight. We've mentioned Choi Min Six so many times, but he yeah. doesn't do many films. No. <laughs> well, he's only got twenty three credits in total, and then he was the uh, he was the triad uh, head in Lucy, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that, Mister Jang. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But but yeah, you look at his look at his uh, filmography. He don't do a lot. I've no, seen I've seen Nameless Gangster in New World, the two films, but he does like one a year tops. Yeah. Um, and he didn't do anything for like you know one film in six years and stuff. He's very frugal, picks it. But he's been on record as saying, I'm "Not interested. I'll only do the project if I really want to do it." So he must. I don't know. I, I, I got to admire people like that. He's obviously got a few quid. If you can just, do you know what? Nah, I'm not. I'm going to take five years off. Yeah, when you said no, I'm good. I don't want to do that. I'll, uh, I'll wait for something better. Right. Your number two. My number two, I'm cheating a little bit. My number two is Snowpiercer. Ooh. No, I again, um, that's not cheating. It's, it was Korean director. You've got a, you've yeah. got the leading Korean actor in it. I, uh, I mean, I, I firmly believe, right? So Snowpiercer, I think is the is the culmination of a lot of it. But I think Korean cinema and Korean vengeance as a whole, uh, just that kind of bit, influenced so many really cool films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man on Fire. Yep. More more recently, John Wick. Definitely. You know, these films are Korean revenge films in all but language. You know, uh, and I think all that kind of influence has has meant that we get to have a film like Snowpiercer. Okay, we don't because we'll never fucking get it in the UK. That whole but, thing was you know, a, just a debacle, wasn't it? Just one giant fucking Weinstein clusterfuck. It's it's literally criminal that. This didn't get a wide release in cinemas. Uh, I mean, all you need to know is if you look at his, you know, look at the people that were involved: Chris Evans, Ed Harris, John Hurt, Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell. I loved seeing you and Bremner. Fucking Spud yeah. in a Korean. Yeah. Oh, amazing! And yet, all of you know, he's got an A-list cast for his next project. These the, you know, these people know, and of course, Song Kang Ho. Turns up, can't speak a bloody word of English and does it all in Korean. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And, well, the worst bit was the first time I watched Snowpiercer, I bought the uh, the Steelbook Blu-ray from France. France. So no fucking, there's no English subtitles mm-hmm. on it. So when, so when he's talking Korean, you just had to kind of glean what was going on from the context. I used I Xbox know. Media Center and brought in external subs. Now, see, what I'd, what I'd done afterwards, I bought the American version from American iTunes. Oh, okay. Has all the subtitles. Well, because obviously the worst part of the French Blu-ray is the film is in English. Mm-hmm. The the intro, the little animated intro thing that tells you what's going on before the film, all in French. Oof. So, so I couldn't understand a fucking word of what was going on. So, actually, it was really nice to watch that, you know, translated properly and then watch the film. You know, for the sake of... It cost me eight pound, and it's on my American iTunes account. Mate, it's, it's nothing. It's is the it? greatest eight pound I've ever spent. Perfect. Yeah. Well, my number two is a film called The Chaser, um, which I've spent many a time. Rec- um, have you seen this? I haven't. Oh, seen this okay. One, well, then this is one you are going to love. It's um, about a police, former police detective, 
who then becomes a pimp who tries to track down whoever's killing um, his stable of prostitutes. It's okay. it is really really good, and as its title suggests, the chaser. There's an awful lot of running around in this, an awful lot of the classic Korean Keystone cops, an awful lot of. Um, we used to have a drinking game where every time, any time someone was hit round the head in a Korean film, you'd have to have a drink. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't want to give too much away because this is one that, even though I've been plugging it for bloody eight years now, still seems to fall under people's radar because it because it's not by the big directors um they did made by the guy that made yellow sea exactly it? yeah which is also mm. have you seen that i haven't seen yellow well, sea no, when, a... when we were planning this it went onto my list of ones i must watch yeah. and then i just ran out of fucking time. there there's your double bill right there yeah. the chaser and the yellow sea and i think they've got a new film out coming this year as well so yeah really good got i'm i'm curious what your number one is my number one's an obvious one it's old boy uh, okay no i can i can uh, see that like I say, like I say, a, a not even Korean film, a top five film for me of all time. There's, there's no competing with Old Boy for me when it comes to Korean films. We, we've discussed it, and I, and I agree. It, oh, yeah. it is a, a fantastic film, and I can completely understand. I, but you see what I mean when I say most of my, pretty much all of my top five is as close to mainstream as you would get. I think for Korean cinema, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, you know. Anyone who hasn't seen Old Boy, well, they probably shouldn't be listening to this. To be fair, well, no, <laughs> they just, you know, anyone who's listening to this has already seen it. My uh, number one is Memories of Murder, um, which is uh, another Bong Joon Ho movie, yeah. um, and unsurprisingly, stars Song Kang Ho. <laughs> it, which is a, a police procedural set in the eighties. Uh, a woman's found sort of dead, raped, tied up in her underwear. And then we have your Keystone cops who try and investigate it. Then they, they try and pin it on the local fucking idiot. Clearly not him, but they're not having that. They just want to get, get the, you know, the, the collar, want to get the conviction. But then while they've got him in custody, another woman's found dead. Um, same, you know, modus operandi. Uh, and then an outside detective who's got half an ounce of sense comes in. And I love this because you never find out what happens. No. It's absolutely brilliant. And I absolutely love it. And is, I know you talked about Old Boy being your, um, in your top five. This is my favourite film of all time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love it. And it took me two years to get the um, Korean Blu-ray. Wow. With the, with the fancy packaging. Um, they're... Hey, do not start collecting Korean Blu-rays. Koreans no. do not buy discs. They have no interest in physical media, and when they and they are released in such small quantities. I tried to buy a copy of um, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird recently, okay. and when I I was bidding on eBay and it got to fifty quid, and I thought, oh, I'll go one more, and then all of a sudden, all, you know, it finished. You know, that last ten seconds, it's like two hundred quid. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's yeah. Don't bother. Buy no, buy the UK buy the UK one. No, I I, I'll st- I I have a quite a decent you know steelbook collection. 
I don't need to go any further. I than that. Why is nobody picking these films up and doing a UK steelbook? I don't know. These see these are things, that, and like like I, like I mentioned them earlier, Arrow Film. The last couple of years, they've gotten really good, and they've gotten hold of some really cool films that they've cleaned up and released in steelbook slash limited editions. I would not be surprised if in the next few years they start picking up a lot of these films. But the problem is with things like Old Boy, you know, I can't remember who distributes it. It's Tartan, isn't it, over here? They're going to hold on to that like they're holding on to their balls. It makes them so much fucking money. Yeah, absolutely. We have come to the end of our uh, Korean exploration. Got anything to uh, anything to plug? What have you got coming up? I don't have an awful lot coming up. I, you know, same, same as every time I'm on one of Tony's podcasts, I do, you know, plenty of writing for Foul Critics. I do plenty of podcasting for Foul Critics. And I do a little bit of podcasting with Tony on the Xcast. Outside of that, I bitch and moan on Twitter about everything. At Brooker Four One One. Cool. Um, you can find me uh, over at again, funny enough, over at the Foul Critics, and you can also find me uh, on Underground Nights. I think we will be recording this week where we're doing comedy, which should which should be uh, good fun with me and James Mullinger. Nice, Brooker. Absolute pleasure, mate. As always. Always good fun. Didn't didn't think you and me would have a a slickerick episode. A lick of what? A slick Rick episode. Dick a lick. Lick a dick. Tick a pick. Lick a brick. Tick a trick. It's <laughs> <laughs> never going to get old, is it? No. Love you, Tony. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.